Have you ever wondered how new treatments are developed for difficult to treat conditions? Often innovative practicing physicians have insights that peer researchers do not. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is nationally known expert, Dr. Jeffrey Berlant. Dr. Berlant is double-boarded in internal medicine and psychiatry. He's been very active in discovering new treatments for post-traumatic stress disorder. Welcome. Thank you. Dr. Berlant, 10 years ago, you became interested in investigating a new agent for the treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, please tell us how this happened. It was, in one of the best traditions of psychiatrists, a serendipitous observation. I had been trying to treat one of my patients who was a chronic substance abuser who could not sleep, by her account, more than one and a half hours a night. Many agents from multiple sources had no impact on this insomnia, and I certainly did not want to treat her with potentially addictive agents. Out of desperation, I tried to use a then newly marketed anticonvulsant called Topamax, which supposedly had a 30% somnolence rate. When I treated her with a small dose, 25 milligrams a day, when she returned the next week, she told me that with the very first dose, she slept through the night like a baby with no sense of being sedated or obtunded and that it was the best sleep she had had in many years. When I asked her how, how it seemed to make a difference, she said that it helped her stop dreaming about her rape. This was the first time I had heard that she had been traumatized or that I had any clue that she had PTSD and that she could not sleep on that basis. The irony in all of this as it turns out, the 30% somnolence rate with Topamax was seen where it was used as an add-on drug for the treatment of seizures. In that case, added to drugs like Tegretol and Depakote, it had a sedative effect. Used alone, it is not a sedating agent. Yeah, topiramate is such an interesting compound. So, of course, it's FDA-approved for seizures and for migraines, but many people have used topiramate for other things, like yourself. What other kinds of success stories have you heard with topiramate for other sorts of conditions? Well, there's an interesting line of studies that were done looking at bipolar disorder. Ultimately, four large double-blind controlled studies that were done for inpatient mania were found to show no separation from placebo. There still are lots of open-label series suggesting that there may be a subpopulation of patients who don't respond to our other bipolar medications who occasionally respond to Topamax, and I've seen a few of those in my practice as well. Another use, which is very common, is as an aid to weight reduction. There are good clinical studies that have been done that are placebo-controlled that demonstrate anti-binge eating effects anti-obesity effects, anti-diabetic effects, and also help with other impulsive behaviors. For instance, there was one excellent study that was published in The Lancet uh, that was double-blind placebo-controlled trial for alcohol dependence. In that study, unlike other drugs that have been used to treat alcohol dependence, it was used in patients who continued to drink and were given no other psychosocial treatment other than being told by a nurse to take their medicine and not drink. And over a 12-week period, as the dose of Topamax was raised, there was a very dramatic reduction in active drinking and impulses to drink alcohol. What are the commonalities between such seemingly diverse diseases, such as alcoholism, post-traumatic stress disorder, binge eating disorder? How might Topamax work in those different cases? There have been attempts to try to group them as effects that are against 
compulsive, impulsive behavior. And therefore, this medication's also been used for applications like cocaine dependence and gambling problems, other impulsive, compulsive behaviors. However, when you look at other disorders like post-traumatic stress disorder, it's somewhat hard to say how that is a compulsive, impulsive disorder. If we move beyond the superficial phenomenological classification of these agents and go below and wonder what's going on at a brain level, what we have with Topamax is an agent that has many different actions, the most relevant of which may be for behavior, the simultaneous enhancement of GABA activity in the brain, and a suppression of overactivity of glutamate in a number of structures. The one in PTSD that's most relevant is the amygdala, which is thought to be overly excited and overly activated. But it may be that these same structures and excessive glutamate activity underlies a lot of addictive behavior. So what you're saying is Topamax essentially dampens excessive glutamate? It dampens excessive glutamate, or certainly helps distill and quiet sub-organs of the brain or circuits of the brain that are overly excited and may be driving behaviors that are out of conscious control. Now, one of the certainly negative things that you often hear about Topamax is its nickname uh, Dopamax, that it causes significant cognitive sorts of problems. How do you manage that? It is something that we see on more than an occasional basis. It's usually mild and limited to difficulty with name finding. If it is mild in that way and time is allowed to pass, that often goes away or attenuates to a level that's acceptable to patients. In those cases where it's too strong but the patient's getting a very good clinical response, I and other psychiatrists who have tried to make a go of Topamax have found that the use of the cholinesterase inhibitors, the anti-Alzheimer's medications such as Aricept, Exelon, Rorazidine, can be rapidly effective. For instance, even a very small dose of Exelon, like 1.5 milligrams, within the day can restore good concentration and cognitive functioning. As long as the patient is able to tolerate the gastrointestinal effects of those medications, this often will take care of that problem. Any other tips you can give us on how to use topiramate in our practices? Sure, and I, I also do want to make very clear that the old saw that the reason patients lose weight on Topamax is they can't find their food is untrue. (laughs) The other side effects that can be difficult to manage are paresthesias, often numbness and tingling, even to the point where some patients, when they weren't aware that this can occur as a problem, have taken themselves to the emergency room in the belief that they were having a stroke. It can be quite startling. In the obesity trials, over 50% of patients had paresthesias, so it can be a difficult problem. There is uh, evidence, and I've found it to be very effective in my practice, that giving patients potassium chloride, even as little as 20 milliequivalents a day, can within 24 hours extinguish the paresthesias. After being on potassium for approximately a month, patients are then usually able to go off without a return of that paresthesia. Uh, So we've talked about paresthesias, about cognitive impairment, any other side effects that you see commonly? Sometimes when I treat patients with PTSD, they will develop some problems with panicky, overstimulated reactions. And there the use of a benzodiazepine can be effective. Usually Topamax is easiest to use when there are not a number of other medicines because it can seemingly increase the sedation that sedating agents can otherwise produce. So there's always a little difficult 
balancing act between suppressing overstimulation and but not oversedating the patient with the use of uh, benzodiazepines. Now, how about drug interactions with topiramate? Topiramate has been actually uh, relatively clean in terms of drug-drug interactions. The problem seems to be at the central receiving level. As I mentioned, if a patient is taking medications that can be sedating, often they will feel the sedation of those other agents more. In some cases, I've been able to continue topamaxin by simply reducing the level of the other sedating agent, particularly if it's an agent that had been given as part of a nonspecific attempt to suppress arousal and agitation in patients. So often the combination of benzodiazepine, antipsychotics, multiple antidepressants that PTSD patients wind up being treated with can be simplified and cleaned up. But isn't Topamax a 3A4 inducer? It's not one of high significance. Probably the greatest interaction that concerns us is the possibility of estrogen levels being reduced. Whether or not there would be enough reduction in estrogen, say in women who are taking birth control, that they would become more likely to conceive is a theoretical consideration that is yet to be demonstrated to occur in practice, but that has to be considered. And that interaction is uh, dosage-related. So when we use low doses of Topamax, like we often use in PTSD, we're looking at a less than 10% lowering of estrogen levels. With anticonvulsant doses, which can be 600, 800 milligrams a day sometimes, the problem is more relevant. So what I'm hearing is on lower doses of Topamax, and again, maybe 50 or even less milligrams per day, you don't necessarily change birth control regimens? Don't necessarily. I do talk about the issue, and I let the patient discuss that matter with their uh, gynecologist or their primary care physician. But it's one where it's, it's hard to know where the threshold is going to be where the loss of contraception occurs. It seems, frankly, that this medicine is kind of a pain in the neck. So we've talked about cognitive impairment, paresthesias, maybe having to add potassium, Alzheimer's kind of drugs, thinking about birth control changes. Uh, Is it worth it? What does the data show us uh, in using topiramate in PTSD? Well, if we look at the response rate in patients who have had chronic PTSD, and I know in my own series the mean duration of illness was 17 to 18 years. And in other studies, that's often the mean duration. This is a chronic, debilitating, disabling disorder. With the SSRIs and, again, carefully selected patients, we get something on the order of a 55% response rate after 12 weeks. In my data with uh, Topamax using structured scales, uh, I saw a 77% response rate by the fourth week. And uh, with some other agents like uh, carbamazepine, Tegretol, or Equitro, there were 60% response rates in small trials observed. Other drugs seem to be indistinguishable from placebo response rates in the order of uh, 30 to 40% response. So for a 77% response rate, I, I might put up with some challenges. That's right. This is one of the few medications I've used in my practice where patients spontaneously use the word miraculous, wondrous, amazing. To hear a patient say, I can't believe that in six days, what has gone on for three years is over. Now, when using topiramate for weight control, are there any special tricks there? Well, there and and in many applications, starting low and increasing dose gradually in, say, a weekly rate gives people a chance to adapt and accommodate to the medication. So the chance of succeeding 
is far better. When I use it for weight reduction, I also do try to gradually increase the dose as well as spread it out because there's some of the anti-binging effect with the drug uh, seems to be limited to just a few hours. With, oh, I'd say half of the patients I treat for PTSD, a single dose will last around the clock. With other applications for weight reduction, obesity, binge eating, I find that often multiple dosing seems to be required. On the other hand, the weight loss in obesity with Topamax has been demonstrated to go on for at least 18 months, which far exceeds the usual six-month period of weight reduction that's been seen with other medications. I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Jeffrey Berlant. We have been discussing novel uses for topiramate. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.